Hey everybody and welcome to Roll It, a movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ryan, and with me as always is my friend and co-host, well, besides last week, is my friend and co-host, Ty Lore. How you doing, Ty? What's up, dude? With, with you once again, though, Ryan, nonetheless. <laughs> with me once again. I'm hoping we can get a steady stream going on here. We've been a little rocky the past few months, but... Yeah, I'm going to need uh, you to I'm gonna need you to pen some letters to my, uh, my professors <laughs> and let them know that, hey... <laughs> He's got other obligations, all right? Going on. So your your little your little essay, your little research paper, it's gonna need to take some time on the sidelines, Hoss. There's things more important than school. Um, <laughs> so uh, this week we are doing, uh, much to your chagrin, another one of my suggestions. Uh, the 1981 film starring uh, Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory, uh, My Dinner with Andre. So, Ty, uh, <laughs> you texted me last night and you said you're not picking next uh, the next episode's movie. So, what do you think about this movie? <laughs> Dude, I... <laughs> I don't even I don't even really know what... Like, as a movie... I did not like it. As an art, it was whatever, I guess. I could see how people like it as an art house movie. I see how you like it as an art house movie. Because uh, I... I, But I cannot really get down with every art house movie. <laughs> like, this isn't... Uh, oh, man. It's, it's uh, 7 o'clock on a Friday night. I'm trying to have a glass <laughs> of whiskey, watch a movie, and have a good night kind of movie. Like, sat down thinking it might be. I like Wallace Shawn, you know. Uh, no way, dude. Not at all. Not even. Not even close to how I pictured it going. And there were multiple times where I was just like, "Are we? I don't even know what's happening right now. Are we still talking about that, or we've moved on to something else?" Um, as an art house film, like I get it. Like it's it's. So, th- this was like the script was written and nobody picked it up until how do you say how do you say. And it, Louis Mal Malay Mal, I, I think Mal, Mal. All right, yeah. Nobody picked it up until he came along, and like I get it, you know. Yeah, I get I why get nobody picked it up. Like <laughs> I totally this, get that. This is uh, this is like an art house hit to the core, or an art house movie to the core, and I get it. There's a place for those, but it's not in my house. <laughs> it's not in my house. Um, <laughs> not in my art house. And yeah, it's just funny. Like I, you know, I don't know. Like uh, I think you and me both really appreciate art a lot, mm-hmm. but in the ways that we appreciate art, it differs. Like I would rather look at paintings or like abstract short clip videos or like drawings and stuff, fo- photos and, and whatnot. And your idea of appreciating art is art house cinema, which. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can get down with it. I, I I do have some ideas of why I what it would take for me to like this movie a little bit more, but um that's neat that's that's for later on in the podcast. So what made you what made you say this movie slaps? What made you uh, say this movie freaking rules? Cause I had the feeling after you texted me that you were correct. Cause I said Alright, <laughs> I said one thing. You're not picking next episode's movie after this one. And uh, you said, oh, we must have watched two different movies. And I agree. 
I agree. I think we definitely did if you think that this thing was, like, top tier. <laughs> I just, I mean, first of all, it's, uh... The fact that it exists is pretty gutsy and audacious. That's and, wild. Uh, it's amazing. That is wild. Uh, that that's why I like, exist. I just admire a lot of stuff like this or, you know, just a lot of art house cinema in general. You watch it and you're like, you know, no, no studio is going to finance this because it's not going to make any money. But I yeah. admire that the people are going out and like, well, I want to make this. This is my vision. This is what I want to put onto film or put onto canvas or whatever, you know, something that. You can't get other people behind, but you just got to get your, your vision out there. And uh, first of all, I just admire that. The fact that they're like, well, we're going to do a hour and 50 minute long movie and an hour and 45 of it are going to be two dudes just sitting in a booth and eating dinner. And the one, mostly one dude is just going to monologue for like <laughs> three quarters of it. 90% of it. And you're going to, and you know, most people are like, uh. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a movie, and it also really doesn't sound like a good movie. Um, but and they would be I, right. <laughs> but I just like it, it's, and you kind of mentioned this before we started recording. It's like a that you were, you know, kind of fading in and out while that was going on, so you didn't really get every piece of the conversation they were saying. And you know what I, I did understand though? There was what? a part. There was a part in that whole dialogue that he said it's like sitting in front of a tv getting a lobotomy you felt like that and i was like yeah it is i amen to that brother i was like i don't know what you're talking about but i feel i feel that right now Uh, (laughs) dude there was one part in it and i don't know what i don't know when it was and i was like i might just tell ryan i couldn't finish this one (laughs) i might this might be the first time in, in the entire podcast where i was like dude i just couldn't finish that movie couldn't do it. And I seriously thought about it. I was like, I'd I like think to know I what just... part that was. I'd like to know what part that was. It was it was shortly after I started like realizing that I wasn't under like I just wasn't hearing the movie anymore and I was just like they're oh my god, they're just This is it. This is the whole this thing. This is the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a point there's a point in the movie <laughs> where definitely... you realize yeah. like this is it. This is about an hour in, you're like, wait, they just got their dinner. Yeah. And I'm an yeah. hour in now. And it's like, you're like, nothing's you know, this changing. Is adding up. <laughs> nothing's changing here. We're and not getting any like, other oh. shots of anybody else of, <laughs> uh, outside of the table. So, yeah, I think this is it. Because you're like, at the beginning, you're like, well, they meet up and then they go somewhere else and it leads them to whatever. You know, before the first time I watched it, I kind of thought, you know, the whole thing is not going to be just the dinner with so, Andre. I had uh. an I, I had an idea that the entire thing would just be the dinner because when you look up the movie, the one movie poster is just six or eight different frames, uh, really two oh, different frames that were repeated twice of them just talking, and I was like, that's not. There's got to be more, and then it was probably about thirty minutes in, and I was like, there's not more. <laughs> that's what I, I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, I think this is it, but like, how are they going to do this where it's not just two guys talking? And then it was. And they were like, "No, you guys right. talking." It's just two guys <laughs> that was talking. it. That was it. And um, but yeah, yeah what, no. So I, what made you just like? So love to it. go back to what I was saying about like that, you said that you know you were kind of fading in and out of like you know your mind was wandering, and that was the way I was the first time uh, I saw this, and even last night because I would write, I'd be writing notes as I was watching, 
And then I'd think about something else and I'd kind of get sidetracked and then I'd be like, oh yeah, gotta zoom back into the movie and I'd come back in wherever the conversation was. Um, and I think that's what, I think the most interesting part of this movie is it lets you, it lets you wander off in a way that's not like, well, at least to me. Um, because some movies here, it can just be even, you know, even action movies or whatever. It can just be so dull and so, uh, uh, predictable and you know uh, trite and whatever that you kind of just zone out you're like yep here's the action sequence at the you know middle of the second act and I know what's going to happen here and here and here uh, so you can kind of zone out in that way and this kind of zones you out like something will be said or whatever and then it'll kind of get you on some total tangent that has really nothing to do with their, what they're talking about now and you're kind of thinking and then it, you zoom back into the movie and I think that's what this makes us interesting. It's like a conversation. Their conversation is leading to a conversation with yourself and like thinking about conversations that you've had in the past with people and what you talked about with them and so on and so forth. And it's not so much about what they're talking about. It's like it's reconnecting that to your life and how and how these situations like these have existed in your past in your life and uh what that did to your uh mentality um yeah i just and i mean that's the basis of it i just think it's so interesting the the conversation and i can definitely see how people would think it's just a you know a pretentious conversation of two you know uh rich dudes that I've always been in the arts and in the theater and stuff. And they're talking about, you know, Bergman and, uh, uh, Chekhov and blah, blah, blah. We did this play in this place and this play in this place and whatever. And just like name dropping people, you know, it's a, I think that's a valid reading of the movie. And I think it might be a, I don't know if intentional is the right word, but like, I mean, they're obviously, they're having dinner at this super fancy restaurant, you know, and it's it's this dude talking about all these travels he's made, just monologuing about you know how he's really discovered what life means, and because through these travels, and and like uh, Wallace Shawn kind of calls him out on it, like we can't expect everybody to be able to go to Everest or Tibet or whatever, you know, it's just not conceivable. Um, In it's not you, just not conceivable, Ryan. It's inconceivable, <laughs> and that. That part, that section, that point two seconds when he says inconceivable is probably the best part of this entire Wait, did he movie. say that in this movie? He said that in this movie. Oh, man, that's I, great. I Ryan, I might have zoned out that's from fun. 99% of this movie, but Wallace Shawn <laughs> said inconceivable, and and I was like, all right, you know what? That almost makes it better. Uh, call, You know, calling back to the Princess Bride, because that's a – Dude, like when he said that, I well, was actually, like, it's calling before the Princess Bride because Princess ooh. Bride didn't come out for another like six years or whatever. So. Oh, really? Yeah. What year was the Princess Bride? Right. I think 86, 86 or eighty seven. I want to say. Let me look. And this came look. out in eighty one. Let me look. Let me look. Where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Oh, eighty seven. Yeah. So that was this was six yeah. years before. So this yeah. is a little prelude to the classic line. Wallace Shawn was just practicing. 
Maybe that's where uh, Rob Reiner got it from. He's like, well, just put it in here. It's probably in the book. I don't know. It might be in the book. I don't know. I've never read the book. but Either way, uh, there's anywho. no act. I can't remember a single word from any actor where I'm like, yeah, that's their word. But inconceivable. <laughs> I think it's pretty much agreed upon, right? Inconceivable is Wallace Shawn's word, right? We can all agree. <laughs> that's his word. That's his, that's word. his word. It's his. You know, in the dictionary, there's a picture of him beside it. Yeah. Um, as as spoken by Wallace Shawn. Um Anyway, I can definitely see that, but I just I think that's I think that's just part of the conversation. Like you said, it's like you text me last night, you're like, This is kinda when you like run into somebody at a party in college and end up talking to some random person for two hours about God knows what. Yeah. And it's like that, and sometimes you run into like a pretentious dude, and sometimes you don't. And you know what I mean? Sometimes they're smarter, sometimes they're less smart. And he's obviously a pretty intelligent dude, you know? Um but it's I think it just like you're not necessarily supposed to be on his side. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to be like, oh, I totally agree with everything Andre is talking. I'm glad I went to this dinner with Andre. Um so I read it's Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I was reading down through the uh the movies um subreddit and like Two years ago, somebody the, posted about... This movie has a su- whole subreddit? No, 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 no. Like, movies. Oh, the R movies. The subreddit. Yeah, the sub- <laughs> I thought, subreddit. I was like, how many, how many members could be in the R My Dinner with Andre subreddit? There's just two. It's just Wallace Shawn <laughs> and Andre Gregory. In <laughs> uh, the, uh, anyway. the, the waiter, um, whose only role, pretty much, he directed two shorts in 1955, but... Other than I that, saw that on Letterboxd. Yeah, like, wow, other than that, yeah, dude, that's <laughs> and he like he's pretty much a G in this movie. Anyways, um, there's a couple there's a couple interesting things on this post, but one thing that I realized, uh, I think it was in the comments of it. So the the original post was by um this user. I'm not I'm not gonna say his name. Um, gotta love Reddit. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. anyways, he he makes a he makes a good point in this that we can get back to. I know I'm kind of all over the place. I what I want to say to the point of the waiter is uh or no to the point of the Andre unse- pretentiousness. The uns- yeah, Andre's pretentiousness and the unsettled audience. Um, is that like, and I can't find the comment right now. But oh yeah, right here. <laughs> I feel like the audience. I feel like at first the audience is Wallace. We're right. we're intrigued by what Andre has been up to the last few years. It's one amazing story after the next, but over the course of the conversation, we become put off by his philosophy and suspicious if any of it is true. Um, and that's when he starts asking questions back. Like yeah. he says at the beginning, Wallace is like, "I get you know, I find because he was he said he was nervous coming going anyway," and then he says like, "I ask questions and they make me feel." Something like, I ask questions to make me feel better, comfort, asking questions comforts me, whether it makes the other person uncomfortable or whatever, you know what I mean? Something like that, Mm -hmm. to that effect. And you see that for, like we said, the first, it's at least the first 45 minutes of dinner. It's pretty much just like, and then what happened? And then he goes on for another 10 minutes and Walt's like, well, and then what? Yeah. Uh, And that's pretty much the effect, you know, the whole conversation. There's not much of a conversation. It's like we said, it's like a monologue. Yeah. And I totally Um, agree with that comment about the audience being like Wallace. The only part of this entire comment that I don't agree with is the guy goes on to say that the film's brilliant and uh, (laughs) and that the conversation's so captivating. Well done. But 
Um, I agree with that. I agree that it was captivating. I don't know about the well done thing, and I have some ideas. Was it captivating though? Because you were bored. If I mean, as is, yeah, I don't know. You're right. I see what you're saying. It's interesting. It's it's you're, an interesting you're like it's interesting, but I don't care. I, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. And uh, yeah, I and I think that's a valid response to have. I don't feel that way, but I think that's valid if you watch it. Like, I mean, I understand that a lot of people. I I understand that a lot of people are. Most people that seek this movie out are no like kind of know what they're getting. You know what I mean? Like, if you know that this, you know, know about this movie, you're like, well, you know, I can kind of get down with that vibe of you know. Um, but like you, you put this in like cinemas, like as a mainstream movie, it bombed. People are gonna hate this thing, and it bombed Um, in cinema. When it was released. But, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Like you were saying, he, he definitely is the audience surrogate. And then at the, you know, as it goes, and he's like, I, you know, I'm, I really disagree with a lot of this. Um, and I think you're kind of pretentious. And, but nevertheless, he's still kind of, even though he's disagreeing more and more and kind of like fight, arguing back, he's still like, this is a worthwhile discussion to have. And he leaves, uh, I don't know what the word would be. He leaves more thoughtful than when he came. You know what I mean? As he's driving in the taxi, he's like, you know, I was looked over. You know, he's he's he's, he's more comfortable not more, in his life. He, yeah, or, and I was gonna say upbeat, but I don't think it's upbeat is no, the right it's not word. Upbeat. I just think more contemplative because, like, he's talking about his life more than at the beginning. He's talking about. Uh, making a living or like getting through life. You know what I mean? Like talking about like what he has to do to get through life. Yeah. Like at the beginning, he's talking about getting through life. Like Mm -hmm. he says, "Ah, when I was a kid, all I thought about was art and you know, stuff like that. Now all I think about is money. Um, then by the end, he's like, I was going through the streets and I was thinking about, you know, every place had a memory and there wasn't one space I went where I couldn't think of something. I bought a suit with my dad at that store and I, or whatever. Uh, and it's, you know, it's like more, just more contemplative, more thoughtful about uh, the living experience. And like I said, whether he agrees with Andre or not, uh, he's he's better off because he had the conversation. I think that's like kind of a wor- the a or the most worthwhile point of this is like a conversation can whether it's. Uh, whether it's with somebody good or bad or whatever they think, like a conversation can change your whole outlook. Uh, whether it's due to you changing your beliefs to what they thought, or if it's just that it expands what you think and you have or to argue. Or it helps you find what you think. Right, you exactly. You have to argue your own level. thoughts, your own viewpoints, your own. Exactly. Like Wallace Shawn comes to argue like XYZ when he wasn't even thinking about those things beforehand. You know, he's like, well, I wasn't even thinking about my electric blanket or why comfort is necessary or that the world is harsh or et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But because I had this conversation, these things come to light and I have uh, I needed to articulate my uh, my thoughts and my visions and whatever I think. So that changes my outlook on life, you know, because of it. Uh, Anyway, Um, I totally agree. I also just noticed that we never did a summary, but I think this <laughs> you, might be the first movie where we don't need to do a summary. I, I the fully, summary. <laughs> fully, 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 fully agree with that statement. 
Um, <laughs> the summary is uh, Wallace Shawn decides to meet an old friend for dinner. Uh, they meet, they have dinner, they talk about life, death, uh, kind of everything. And then uh, Wallace Shawn goes home. <laughs> Um, and that's the movie. And that's it, folks. And then you go to bed <laughs> thinking, "Wow, that's the that's one way to waste two hours of your time." Uh, waste. <laughs> All right. So, I have I have some things on the movie. I have some things about what he said. That this is so. Here, here's my dilemma, and this is w- one thing that I like about myself, and I it's a double edged sword because it also makes me hate about myself. Um, I like that my person, I like that I can change my perspective on an experience based on what I read later on. Right. Like I walked away from that movie and I was like, trash. <laughs> and then, uh, and then last night a little bit, mostly this morning I, I was reading some reviews and, and some more, uh, some articles about the movie. And I was like, you know what? Like I kind of, I kind of get it now a little bit more. And it, it lightened up my initial thoughts on the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But. Which like is I, I mean, I like that I can change that, but I also hate that it changes it. You know, I just kind of wish I could walk away from the movie and be like trash and then read all this and be like, I still stand by what I said. I don't think it's trash. <laughs> um, so one thing that I actually thought was really, really interesting about this movie was that uh this essentially happened in real life. Um, okay. So they, they met up and they started talking and then Wallace pulled out a tape recorder and recorded it in the script is the transcribed short, shortened version of the conversation. Wow. And it was turned into a movie script. And this is from um, a Christian science monitor article that's called remember my dinner with Andre question mark. He has more wisdom to bestow. And I was like, okay. Anyways. Um, yeah. For a long t- So this is a quote from the story. For a long time, it seemed that nobody would be interested in producing the film. But then, out of nowhere, the French director, Louis Mal, Malay, um, asked to be involved. The startled actors quickly, largely on the strength of Malay's name, were able to raise the money and make the film. Uh, so when completed, it looked like a flop. It opened in only four theaters... And initial reviews, and likely there weren't many, weren't that promising. So, which to be fair, that was how a lot of, especially smaller stuff, opened back then. It would open in like four theaters in like Mm -hmm. New York, and it would be like, "Well, how's it do here?" And then if it was like, "Well, the general populace likes this or not," then it would expand. Like almost nothing opened, like back then, almost nothing opened on like you know. 5,000 screens nationwide or whatever. Right. Uh, just like, like boom, like that. It was like you build up to it. Right. Um, there was like no wide releases. And then obviously this uh, <laughs> this didn't get the uh, the pool in the opening theaters. And they're like, well. Rightfully so. Scrap it. So here's the difference too. I feel like <clears throat> today if you wanted to make an art house film, you could. And you could market it in in, in – have it be almost entirely viewed by the audience that you had in mind where in 81, I feel like to make a, an art house film, it wasn't like you set out to make an art house film. You know what I mean? Mm, I disagree. 
Well, I think I I'm think right. they knew because their audience going into this. I disagree. I think that they <laughs> thought that their conversation was interesting enough, and they liked the format of it, and they thought that because Melee jumped on board, and I'm probably butchering his name, he jumped on board. They were like, "This is gonna, this is gonna be, this is gonna enlighten the population." This like, and this mm, is kind yeah, of. I don't know th- if I agree with that. This is like my critique on critiques I guess so it, it, it kind of flopped when it came out and then um, Roger Ebert he he like in, devoted an entire show to how great and thought provoking the movie was and pronounced it the best movie of the year and then everyone was like well I have to see what this is all about and then they go in with this idea of somebody else's um Almost like what you try to do with me. Somebody else's influence <laughs> on the movie. Like, because Ebert was essentially like you, and he was like, this movie slaps. And then everyone's like, I'm going to go see it. And they went and saw it, and I'm assuming that most people walked away going, what was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think there's I think there's definitely a place for our house films and, and things like this. I don't think it's it's in the main it's in the mainstream media consumers in the in the audience here um no i don't think it is either and i don't i just don't like my view i don't think they made this for mainstream audiences probably not they made it they made it for people who are in they made it for people who like have some you know know who igmar bergman is know who uh chekhov is know who you know all these these name drops they're you know referencing throughout and you know they kind of made it for these theater people like them. You know what I mean? I think. Uh, and and, and that's, maybe. Like, I, I mean, don't think they made, they, they didn't make it more like, this is going to have the mainstream appeal of, uh, you know, Jaws. Yeah. I And I, like, I don't know. I, I think the thing that lost me is just like, uh, there, there's two things that would have made this movie really interesting to me, I think. Uh, it would have been, and this is very like not to be family guy esque, but it would have been either like actually seeing some like even if it was just him talking the entire time, like being able to see some of the experiences, you know what I mean? Like adding in different scenes so you could You like, mean like cutting away so you see yeah, Andre in Tibet right. or in yeah, Egypt or But like not in a corny way, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like um, yeah. I, I just to add some more dynamic to it, or, and this is this would be, this is where I think it would just be overly impressive, if it was one take, one camera. Yeah, those uh, are. If it was either one of those two I things, see, I think yeah. I would have liked. I think I would have liked the movie more because some of the cuts were weird cuts, like where Wallace would just be like. You would see him just like staring at Andre and being really into it, and then it cuts away to go over Andre's shoulder, and he's like mid drink mm-hmm. of his water. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I noticed that a couple times where Andre will take a bite to eat and then he'll cut, like do a reverse shot, and he'll be done. Like, yeah, not even chewing or anything, and like already start talking. So no, I did notice that. I, um, I think either one one take one camera, or if they <clears throat> supplemented in some like cutaway footage, just to. Just some B roll, so that I the, the, 
to visually give me something. Like, this movie offers a lot intellectually, but I don't think it's visually mm-hmm. stimulating, and I think that's where it's lacking, and that's where it, it leans into the art house realm because there's really not much, visu- like, any visual stimulation on it. Yeah, I I just don't have a problem with that, like like you do. Uh, I think it would have been... I, I especially would not want any of any cutaway or any, you know, uh, flashback or whatever. I think that would inherently change the nature of the film. Uh, I do think it would be interesting if it was, you know, a one take because then it would be like a play, you know, it would very much be a, almost like a filmed play. Yeah. And that, um, that, and I think that would be interesting. That to me would like make me like the movie a lot, I think, because I would be like, wow, like that is a different level of, that's like a different level. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Especially. And I think either of them could have done it because they have that. Yeah. And I think either they could have done that. I mean, they both have background, obviously they have major backgrounds in theater. Uh, and, um, so I think they could have done it like that, but obviously they just wanted it more crisp, you know, and do specific, I don't know how many, not saying they did, you know, Kubrick level takes of a hundred takes of him eating a piece of bread, but obviously they had stuff that they thought, well, you know, we'll cut here. This, this looks, you know, start over again here, blah, blah, blah. But no, it would have been, I think it would have been interesting, um, to do like a one take, but, uh, but I don't think the movie is flawed for not doing that. I guess in my view, I think it's fine the way it is, the structure it is because then I, I, and you can still do it with one take, you get different shots. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just, just like, by having I just like, like the motion. Yeah. But I just like the, I do like the different cuts because you know, at one spot you'll be, I love the shots where it's, it's on, I guess you could say it's an over the shoulder, but, uh, of from Andre's side, but, um, it's like of Wallace, but you see Andre, Andre's talking, but you're looking at him through the mirror. Um, and I just, I, I love those shots because it makes you think like, well, why is there's some reason why they're shooting it like this? You know what I mean? Um, there's some reason why we cut to this angle rather than, you know, cutting from an over the shoulder from Wallace's side and getting Andre's head on. And I don't know if it's something like, you know, you can never, as they were talking about, you can't really truly know the other person. You're always looking at some kind of reflection or some kind of, uh, uh, simulacra of what they are, you know, some kind of falsity or some kind of, uh, charade of who that person really is. So that's all you're getting from them. So I think there's, there's shots like that, that like make it totally worthwhile of how they did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sorry, I was mid yawn. Um, uh, <laughs> like I was the entire movie. So, uh, <laughs> how, see, I when I was watching it, like this was like this movie's moved super fast for me. Like it was moved so much faster than a lot of recent movies I've watched that were about the same length. It just cruised right through, and I don't know why that is. Like I'm guessing you didn't have the same experience. I'm sure it felt like four hours long for you. Um, well, but no. I was like, this is a breezy two hours. I mean, I don't know if I would say breezy two hours. It did, like, it it did, it didn't seem long. I will say It that. moves far faster than you would think watching two guys talk would. Yeah. Just in the same spot, not doing anything for two hours. Yes. I, yes. I'll say that. Um, 
I'll agree with you on that. It didn't. It did not feel. It didn't feel like it was long or drug out, um, which is kind of crazy because it is just one conversation. I think the thing. <laughs> this is like a movie interpretation of reading a book. Yeah. You walk away with it with a different idea or a different perspective or more ideas maybe, but it, it just it wasn't it wasn't visually interesting to me. And I get what you're saying about the camera angles, and I noticed that too on a lot of them. And like, it was, I was just kind of like, oh, I wonder how they're shooting that, so you don't see anything in the reflect. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a cool, that's interesting. But at the same time, it wasn't like. I don't know if I would have liked it more if, like, you would have got, like, some tighter shots of, like, I don't know, them when he drinks his espresso at the end. Or, like, just tight shots of him, like, eating or or the food. or You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if, like, because these were all wide shots, essentially. You had wide uh, and middle. Boy, I disagree with that. There's so many middle. close-ups. Uh, uh, there's I some major just close-ups. Face. Just of their faces, yeah. though, but nothing more than that. Like, right, but no- what else do you need? I don't know anything to make it visually interesting. There is nothing <laughs> see, to make I this think, visually interesting. See, I, I, I disagree. I think they're like in the scene where it's like that. There's a couple of times where it does a real slow close zoom. And then there's also just the times where it's a, just a real close zoom. Like for example, the one time when uh, Andre's telling the story of when the people like stripped him down and took him into the basement and whatever. Yeah. You remember that, that was, yeah, that was a slow um, zoom in on him. Um, but anyway, you get, and he's like super close and he's almost like trembling. I think there's so much in that scene because of the tension that he has and the, it's like fear in his voice. Um, and okay. Then, but like, why not almost, cut away? Why not cut away right after that story? And he was like, we were all buried alive. Why not cut away to like a close up of like Wallace dipping his spoon in soup or something like that? I don't know. All I'm saying you is get, just like, but you do get that. You, well, not of the close up of, but you get when sometimes when Andre's talking, it, goes over even when he even when wallace isn't talking it'll do a it'll do a reverse shot of wallace just eating eating a uh you know spoonful of soup and just kind of looking at him um but here's the thing me saying that i would prefer a close-up of potato soup in in (laughs) saying that that would make this movie better kind of goes to show you what i think of the visual visual simulation (laughs) in this movie to begin with and i get that i get that you're not visually stimulated i think it does some i think there's enough emotion and uh, and at times intensity in these shots of just their faces uh, that I think it, it you don't need other visual stimuli. Uh, I don't know. That's that's how I feel. I don't think you need to cut in. You get <laughs> you get the waiter coming in every once in a while. That gives you some you know change up. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I'm good with just their faces. But that's you know what I mean. I'm just like. You can just read into it gives you more you're kind of absorbing more into their into their thoughts and into their emotions and you're trying to understand what they're saying rather than being distracted by elsewhere. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. I get what you're saying and and I just think that It gives you you contemplate me, because that's all you're seeing. That's all you're you know, you're just contemplating that and then it lets your mind wander into like what they're thinking about and et cetera, rather than being like, Oh, there's potato soup. There's uh whatever. Um, I don't know. It lets you totally absorb into them and like kind of, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I get where I get that. You don't think this is visually stimulating. Um, because yeah, I don't blame you at all, but I just, I don't, I think it works fine and there's enough, uh, there's enough there, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I think it would be, I think it would be interesting as a play. And that's all this. I mean, this is a film play. That's how you have to look at it. No, this is a film film book, Ryan, and not in a good way. (laughs) I think I think the one the one shot one camera or the one take It's a film conversation, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a one a one one take would have made it more interesting. I don't know if I necessarily would have liked it, but like I I guess what I'm getting at is like I, I understand the art house feel and the art house like I, I see where you're coming from in your love for this movie. Um it's not it's not a movie I think it works. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say necessarily. It's not a movie for everyone at any point in their life. It's not just like a oh sit down no, I totally agree with that and and watch this movie and and it, this is much more of like a a contemplative uh, thinking movie. It, it, I I just I don't know. Like this isn't. I wouldn't even classify this in in like I mean I guess you have to classify it in movies but you know what I'm saying like I I just I would never I almost applaud you for the fact that you watched this twice um (laughs) there's it, it was an interesting conversation they said some interesting things and it gives you some interesting views on habits in in the human condition but it just didn't do anything else for me <laughs> it wasn't visually stimulating it wasn't it didn't make me want to watch and i that like i said that's totally there's some movies where i'm like this is this is perfect there's no way you can you know uh poke holes in this or you know this is like perfect structure perfect Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And it's like this is a perfect movie, you know. And if you if you don't like it, I'll be like, here's come on, there's like so much here to like, blah blah blah. But like this is not one of those movies. Like this is a very much a taste movie. And I would I totally understand if people. I assume most like we were saying earlier. I would assume most people would be on your side. You know, I would think if you show this to a broad audience. Yeah, I'm I think I'm in the, the majority mi- on the this minority. One. <laughs> I would be in the minority and that's just and that this this film has a higher reputation just because like I said most of the people that seek it out are seeking it out because they know what they're getting into. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um you're not going to be like, "Well, what should I watch tonight? Transformers or my dinner with Andre?" You know, most people aren't going to have that conversation with themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh do I watch Disney? Do Plus I watch Predator my, again? My dinner with Andre. <laughs> or should I take a second watch of my dinner with Andre? Do I watch? Do I watch uh, any other l- movie that's been created in the past ten years for the tenth time? Plot? Yeah, any movie with even a hint to a plot, or do I watch my dinner with Andre? <laughs> like most people, like most people don't even know this movie exists. So you know what I mean? Like on the whole. So I, I totally get that. And you know, that's, it's a valid critique. Uh, 
I just, you know, I just don't feel that way. Yeah. Um. So we haven't even got into anything the movie talks about, really. And I don't even, I don't know. I don't even know if we need to. <laughs> I don't know if we need to. Um. I think it was, I th- I'm glad we brought up that, like, you know, uh, Wallace is the audience surrogate of, like, you know, pushback of the monologue. Yeah. Um, I think that's relevant of like, regardless of whether you agree with Andre or not, um, on how he views the world or whatever, uh, you're at, by, by the time Wallace starts like kind of coming back, you're like, Oh, that's right. There are, (laughs) there are other viewpoints. I don't have to take Andre's word as like gospel or Mm -hmm. as the truth. There's different viewpoints of the world and like living and life and death and how to live properly and uh, whatever. And you don't, cause like often, you know, if you're watching a movie and something, you know, you can be like, well, this is totally wrong, but often you get caught up in the character and be like, Oh, that makes sense. And then um, you need like this other, you need this Wallace, you need Wallace to come in and be like, well, that uh, I disagree. That doesn't make sense. You're like, Oh yeah, that kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> like just to kind of rem- like, to kind of bring that, uh, uh, not fighting, but these differences of values and differences of ideals and, uh, you know, notions of life and death and stuff in, um, yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. I'm trying to look at what we can talk about. That's not cause so much of it, there's just so much stuff in here, um, that we're just going to end up rehashing what they say. And I don't want to do that. I, I do will, think there's a couple. F- oh, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just gonna say that there's, there's one thing that I didn't really notice until, I guess you could call it the research part of, of, uh, of doing this podcast. Um, when I was like looking down through the Reddit, this post uh, talks about one detail that I didn't even think of, but thinking back on it, I sort of remember. And, uh, and I don't know if you caught this or not, so I'd be interested to see if you caught this, but. I'm just going to start reading. This is going to be verbatim, but, uh, or it won't be verbatim. So Andre's talking about how at one point he's talking about the, uh, class hierarchy between him and the doorman of the building and how he can buy his way into that class or that eliteness. Right. And how he mm-hmm. calls the doorman Jimmy and the, and the doorman calls him Mr. Andre or Mr. Uh, Gregory, Mr. Gregory. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and so right. Is that, monologue ends and this is where i'll quote from the the reddit post almost as soon as he gives the speech the waiter walks over asks if everything's okay and andre is a bit curt to him yeah he snaps annoyed at being interrupted after his long monologue about how wrong he is to treat the doorman this way he is automatically dismissive of the waiter displaying the same air of superiority he just criticized himself about and Mm -hmm. i can't remember if that was before or after the habit talk I can't either. That's why it's so hard to separate all yeah. the different conversations they because have or it, all the topics yeah. they cover. But no, I totally remember that, uh, that scene and thinking the same thing. And also thinking it, it, it was every time the waiter, not just that time when he's a little curt to him, but every time the waiter comes, they never, they just like, nobody says thank you. They never say thank you ever. Like, no, no. and they're like an air above the waiter. And there's a re like you see, there's a re- there's definitely a reason they show the close-ups of the waiter and not just like of not just staying on Wallace and Andre the whole time. You know what I mean? Like they're 
there's a reason they're bringing in this outside force once every 10, 15 minutes, whenever he comes back. Um, or whether it's usually him, it's usually the same waiter, but I think there is a couple times where, you know, you see other, uh, other, other waiters or bartenders, bartenders or whatever. Yeah. Um, you definitely see the bartender back standing back there for most of the movie. Um, but just, I mean, walking around the restaurant. Um, but no, I did. I definitely think there's that. And that's where, I don't know if it's, uh, aware of the air of superior, like that has to be on purpose. You know what I mean? Right. It has uh, to be. Definitely. And like the air of superiority of like talking about life and living and well, talking about that, the class hierarchy, but then he's just like talking about all this stuff. And that's when Wallace pushes back of like, you know, that's not, you know, it's not feasible to, for everybody to go to have these life changing experiences. And he doesn't talk about like, you know, the, the socio socioeconomic structure of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, doesn't allow for you know the the you know poor people to uh, experience life in the same way because they're disenfranchised for X Y Z reasons. And they don't get into that, but he's like, it's just it's not feasible. And like people people are living their lives to like you know they got to survive and stuff like that. And you need your uh, you need your blanket and stuff to live. And then it and. It, and then Andre's talking about like, well, you know, it's good to feel the cold because then it reminds you of like other people's struggles and, uh, stuff like that. And, um, but then, like you said, he's very much, uh, whether he's aware of it or not, he's very much above other people. Right. Um, and it's just like brings to like, it, it points that the whole conversation is very hypocritical. And it makes sense that Wallace is pushing back. And it's, and I just think that comes back to the original point of like, uh, of the conversation being a, uh, a more of a look at yourself than like a look at them. You know, it's a jumping board of thinking about your own ideas and like conversations you've had in the past, rather than like taking it as gospel from Andre Gregory of like what the truth is, you know, of like, Everybody, these people, Mm -hmm. even though he seems like he's got it all figured out now, you know, he's like came to this, uh, come to Jesus moment of like what the, what the answers of life are and how he did do, he did do a lot of that stuff too, which is kind of bonkers. What? Oh, did he? He did do a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can, I can read a little bit of that too, if you want, but anyway, sorry. But he's just like, he's had these experiences and he's like, oh, I know, I know what it means like to truly live. And that's why, like, going through this monologue, you're like, you know, it's like, wow, I, I, you know, I need to come to this realization of, like, how to, how to be, how to live, truly live in the moment, all this stuff. And then, you know, you get through and you're like, oh, he's just, he's just another guy with his own thoughts and his own beliefs. He doesn't have the answers. He doesn't have the truth. He doesn't, you know what I mean? Just because he experienced life this one way and found, uh, uh. I don't know what the, his own answers, I guess, in a way, uh, in these various experiences doesn't mean they're the answers for you. And I think that like the way he treats the waiters and like seeing his hypocrisy kind of, or just a little peek Mm -hmm. of it is like this guy, you know, it don't take his word at as gospel. You know what I mean? He's still just Mm -hmm. a person and you're only seeing just like I was talking about that mirror shot. You're only seeing a reflection of who he truly is. You don't actually know him. 
Like they, you know, they talk about that of like seeing the ghost of other people. Like they're not really true. You don't truly see anybody else. You're just seeing who they present as, or you're not looking deep enough uh, because most people don't even know who they are themselves anyway. Um, So you're just seeing like this reflection of him. You're not seeing the true, you know what I mean? This, the, the true self you're, you're seeing, you're seeing the, the ghost of him. Um, But I, anyway, I think that hypocrisy and stuff is a good way to denote like this is this is still just a human being with flaws and uh you know uh stuff like that and that's what wallace you know wallace comes you know he's he's kind of intrigued like we were saying at first and then he's like you know this is yeah some of this is this is bunk (laughs) yeah and like he can't he can't get on board with every idea obviously right Right. And they work through it. And there's like where they disagree and then they'll go back and forth and be like, well, I agree with that part, but I don't agree with this part and stuff like that. And it's like, well, that's, you know, that's an adult conversation. It is a good good civil conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You have to give it that. Even if Wallace thinks it's ridiculous that this roof was put on at some uh, church in Ireland to like go see the aliens. And he's like, "That's, that's kind of absurd. But, you know, I still, you know respect what you're saying and stuff like that. Um, Can I ask you a question, Ryan? What? Friend to friend. Would you ever get in an eight foot grave and for 30 minutes feel like what it's like to be buried alive? Uh, Probably not. If you didn't know, if you didn't know that that was the case. Yeah, probably. I mean, first of all, like why didn't he just like leave? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would have been like, Hey, I'm, I'm out. I'm this. done. I don't know. I'm like, tapping out and I will never see you guys in my life. This is this is freaky. Uh yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I would. But I, I like I'm claustrophobic, so I that would man, I would I would have I'd probably die because I have a panic attack and start swallowing dirt. Um <laughs> But yeah. Thirty minutes in they're just like, all right, well he's actually dead. Um well, turns out. So better finish this grave. And I can tell you one thing, especially after they do that and leave you for 30 minutes, I'm not helping them <laughs> fill in those eight foot holes. No, they can do that themselves. <laughs> yeah, kick rocks, buddy. I'm <laughs> gone. All right? As soon as I got out of that grave, I'd be leaving. Oh, um, man. No, but <clears throat> so going back to like the – and this was on – so Andre Gregory, he wrote a book with Todd London called This Is Not My Memoir. and It was like a collection of stories throughout his life and whatnot. But uh, so I, I thought this was kind of interesting. He uh, first of all, it's, in a historical sense, his parents were Russian, uh, were Russian Jewish refugees. And so they they fled Stalin and then Hitler, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fled Stalin, then Hitler, then came to America. And their son, Andre Gregory, decided that uh, he was going to Harvard. And his parents were like, cool. But he was going to have a life in theater, which I don't know how his parents would have reacted to that. Anyways, he was fired by three different regional theater companies in four years and got in a fist fight to end his last one. Um, then he created his own experimental theater company in New York City called uh, The Manhattan Project because, Clever. quote unquote, this is from the book, I guess, we were so sure we, were, we would bomb. That's funny. Uh, that is, it's really funny. Anyways, it was, uh, they, they spent about 10 years doing that, which is kind of cool. Um, or eight. Yeah. I think it was eight years 
uh, of mind-bending fun. It lost its energy and it closed. And because of his rich parents and his inheritance, he just began to travel the world. And uh, he went and worked in a Polish forest with a director, I can't even say that name, um, Jer- Jersey Grutowski, Grutowski, Jer- Jersey Grutowski and his theater group. And then he went to the Sahara and unsuccessfully tried to create a play based on um, a movie or another play. Um, then he made a pilgrimage to Tibet and India and worked in the, with Tibetan monks. So he did all the stuff uh, he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like that wasn't, so that's what I almost thought was more interesting afterward because Wallace Shawn recorded their conversation, wrote it down and shortened some of it. Like, could you imagine the initial conversation though? Like the original one, I would have been like, dude, no way. You don't see a guy for like close to 10 years or whatever it was. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. It's wild. Uh, Andre Gregory's kind of crazy. It kind of um, is. But uh, apparently Wallace Shawn is too because I don't know why you would ever think that this movie was like you, you you spent time to make this thing. More time than needed. Yeah, I mean obviously, you know, we disagree if that was a good thing or bad thing. But uh No, it's crazy that no, it is crazy that it got made, though. I will say that, even though I love it. I'm it like, is crazy it got made. Yeah, I'm glad they and were I crazy think, enough to make like, it. And I think that's like you love this kind of stuff where you could like walk out of a theater and go, man, that's wild that that was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Where for me, I'm just like, yeah, it is wild. And I'm kind of upset that somebody let this through, let this one slip through. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, well like uh, – like I saw last fall, I saw uh, when I was in New York, I saw uh, The Holy Mountain uh, by Jodorowsky in uh, the Metrograph Theater. And it was another one where I walked out. And I was like, how, you know, how does this get, how does something like this get made? This movie is bonkers. I mean, it's got, I guess it's got a plot, kind of, but then it throws the plot out the window at the end. But it's like, I just do, I have such admiration for movies like that where it's like, Boy, this is uh pretty crazy, huh? Like <laughs> somebody actually put money into this and probably <laughs> knowing very well that they would not get their money back. Like that they, you know what I mean? Like even this this movie couldn't have cost that much. I know that there's more than, you know, special effects and movie budgets, but and acting, like there's no there's some extras in this and <laughs> not, that's not a, that's a, yeah, not many. I wouldn't like this movie could not have cost much money, but they still probably didn't make back their money on this. I wouldn't be surprised if they shot this in a real restaurant and the extras were literally just people eating. <laughs> They're like, "Can we just get a camera in there?" They're like, "Yeah, sure." Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta look up. Hold on, and see if the budget is on. Uh... Wow. Here's something. The budget, so budget was set four hundred seventy-five thousand uh, dollars, and then the box office. You want to take a guess at what this made at the box office? Way more than I would have no. guessed. Like really, bonkers amount more than I would have guessed. How much? Five point two five mil. What? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. What? Uh Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, that is crazy. (laughs) 
What? <laughs> I don't. I. Are you sure you're not lying to me? Ah, uh, that's that's what I'm getting. Um, yeah, that's crazy, dude. Anyway, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people saw because of Robert Roger they Ebert. Just... I mean, Ebert and Siskel. I mean, they had a lot of like sway back then. Like people would watch them and be like, "Well, I guess I'll watch whatever." You know, if they say it's good, I'll watch yeah. it. So if this was Roger Ebert's pick for best movie of the year, then a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, I'll find a way to go see it." And I don't know how many of them walked out and were like, yeah, Roger Ebert was right. Or, wow, uh, definitely disagree with old Ebert there. Uh, but, yeah, I did not expect this to make. I mean, adjusted for inflation, that's like, I mean, it's still not a crazy. But it's still adjusted for inflation. That's like a budget of 1.5 and a gross of 15-ish, something like that. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty respectable for this movie. For a movie of two guys yeah. talking for two hours, like that's pretty darn respectable. A movie it's like that, insane. a movie like that would not make fifteen million dollars now. I would uh, be willing no. to bet. I would. Um, I would put fifteen million down. <laughs> uh. Anyway, um, you got anything else, Ty? I don't think we need to get into any of their conversations. I think we talked enough about the film itself. Um. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear their conversations, then you can waste two more hours of your time and uh, go over and watch the watch the full movie if you'd like. Uh, anything else? No, I don't have anything else. Um... Next week, we're doing a movie of my choice. <laughs> Um, I think we're going to do the new, let's do the new P- Pinocchio. Okay. I'm down with that. I little, saw that little light, lighthearted animated new, um, 40 years newer than this movie. And, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm willing to bet that it is much more visually stimulating. It's good. My dinner with Andre. It's good. It's good. Some great. Yeah, this would be stop a second motion. watch for you. It's great. Stop motion. I might see yeah. it. I might see it tomorrow. Uh, that Rojas Cinema, that movie theater I'm a member of in Pittsburgh, um, they're having, they're doing like a member appreciation day tomorrow, and they're doing like four movies in a row, and Pinocchio is one of them. Uh, so oh, that's cool. Are you go, heading up there for might, that? Yeah, I might go, might go down and see, uh, see that one. And uh, dude, are you just gonna go down and spend eight hours in the theater? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh. <laughs> Back to back to back to back. Um, the last one doesn't start till like eight. I don't know if on a Sunday night if I'm gonna start a movie at eight in the theater. I'm probably gonna go home. Um, but nevertheless, so I might watch it there. But we'll see. Even if not, I'll uh, crack her open on Netflix because uh, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, my you, guy, you are insane. Ewan McGregor uh, is uh, is is charming as a uh, Jiminy Cricket. Um, have we done Have we done a stop motion animation? film or would that be a first I'm trying to think uh, might be a first might be a first might be a first um cool. i'll have to look but yeah i think it is um right, so anything uh what else what else you got for us Ron? oh sorry oh no i was just gonna say the same thing um oh uh until then you can find us on social media dude we're doing it i'm releasing it tomorrow well when this comes out I'll release it that day. Uh, so it'll be Monday. I'll drop the giveaway for a roll of t-shirt. 
um, on social media. And you can find us on social media at Roll It, pa- at Roll it Podcast on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, what else, Ty? That's all. If you want to give us a rating, you know, maybe this wasn't the most thrilling podcast because it was uh, my dinner with Andre. But I, I actually would be interested to hear what your thoughts are on it. Am I the only loser that doesn't like it? So if you want to drop Am I the only in, loser uh, that does like it? Or is Ryan the only loser that does like it? Drop your comments uh, on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email us at rollitpodcast.com. Um, and we would really appreciate a rating on whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on. Apple Podcast counts the most, by the way. But um, wherever, however, is appreciated. I think that's all we got. So until next time with Pinocchio, uh, hopefully you spend better uses of your time than watching two guys talk about high philosophical ideas at a dinner in New York City. Hey, that's what I mean. It wasn't over a dinner at New York City and it was only an hour, but hey, that's what we've been doing for the last hour. So people listen to that. So maybe they'd be willing to listen. This was my dinner with Andre was the OG podcast. Uh, Two guys just uh, just talking about whatever they feel like talking about. OG podcast legends. Um, Yeah, you know what? I can't even argue with that. (laughs) So, you know, Ty, you criticize them, but you are much like them. Um, Well, they they did make it a movie. (laughs) Ryan, and that is there's a lot of podcasts I listen to, and if they made them movies, I would not listen to two hours of that. Hey. But when I'm driving in a car, sure. So just put just put my dinner with Andre, you know, on your phone. Just no, plug ch- in. no chance, no chance that gets a second watch from me. No, put it on your phone, put it through your Bluetooth in your car, and just listen to it like it's a podcast. You might like yeah, it more. No chance I'm giving it any more <laughs> time. I love Wallace Shawn. I think he's great. His work in Even Stevens was incredible. That means. <laughs> uh, no, he was the he was the dad, wasn't he? No, I don't think so. Was he in was Even he Stevens? Even in, was he? I don't he, know. He I don't looks, remember. He that. looks like Beans, though, doesn't he? <laughs> kind of. Wallace Shawn. I don't think. He's I don't think Even he Stevens. was in Even Stevens. I, no, I, that's made up. Not. That's totally made up. No, but Beans looks like him though. Well, on that note, uh, we will see y'all in two weeks with. Guillermo del Toro. You know Beans is the reincarnated Wallace Shawn. If they ever got in the same room, the world would, would explode. If there's ever uh, my dinner with Beans, <laughs> count me in, dude. All right. We'll see y'all in two weeks with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Bye. Bye.